Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. And thank you for joining us on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Leslie Liao, and it's been a while since you've heard me in this capacity, isn't it? Coming up this hour, I have Hashtag Taiwan, which is my own personal show, where I talk to you about what's happening on the internet in Taiwan. This week is pretty exciting. We have a development in Taiwan and Brazil relations. And yeah, you could believe... Something blew up online, so you're going to want to stick around with that. And I also have Status Update, which is our interactive show where John and Shirley goes through some of the letters and the comments that you send us online. So be sure to stick around for that as well. But as always, we will start with Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, June the 2nd. I'm your host, Leslie Liao, and I'm joined by Shirley. Hello. Shirley, it's been a while since we did one of these, hasn't it? I know, it's been a while. It's yes. been a good long while, so uh, you can, we always have some kind of chemistry, so you can be bet it's a good one. On today's agenda, we're going to be talking about what Taiwan has been doing to help Nauru, which is a small Pacific uh, island nation, and uh, they were helping out at a prison... And it might not entail what you think. Shirley's got that one for you. Then we're going to be talking about food delivery services, which have become very, very important during this time, I'm sure, for most of you. What with the lockdowns and the quarantines, it's a great way to get food to you. But one of the major players in Taiwan has been receiving quite a bit of complaints. Next, Taiwan is expanding its COVID-19 testing capacity to allow people to pay for it themselves. All that and more coming up next on Here in Taiwan. Shirley. So before we jump into this, let's talk for a little bit. Since it's been a while since uh, you and I have been in the studio together, how have you been throughout this whole COVID-19 pandemic? I mean, I know in Taiwan the situation isn't terrible at the moment, but I think the last time we were in the studio together, it was quite still a doozy in Taiwan. Yeah. And, um, you know, how, how have you been during this time? And have doing you been just fine. All right, yeah? Yeah. You know, I think Taiwan has been doing a great job in, you know, uh, controlling this uh, COVID-19. And um, I think lately, um, you know, the government has been loosening its regulations or rather restrictions and things. And so um, whenever on the weekend, whenever I can, I like to get out of the city. Yeah? And I've been to places. Where are, we, where, uh, where are you going? Tell, talk to me a little bit. A couple of weekends ago, we went up to Yummy Mountain. Okay. And actually, 13 of us, we rented a house, a three-story house. Oh, wow. For two days and one night. It was just awesome. 13 never, people. 13 people. It's a three-story house. And it was like, um, I think it's part of uh, the uh, Tian Lai Resort. Mm-hmm. And it's got like, um, of course, it has a five-star hotel in there, but it also had all these individual three-story houses that people can just, you know, purchase and live in them or not live in them. Like, because the one that we rented, apparently the owner bought the place, but they rented out on the weekends or whatever, you know, whenever mm -hmm. people can rent. And um, 
it can actually house up to the most 22 people. Okay. And um, it came with a, you know, it's a three-story building, and um, it came with a big, nice living room, a dining area, a really wonderful kitchen okay with these big windows looking out to the yard of the next door neighbor and and it has a porch of its own and it came with a big nice one of those awesome american style grill oh, barbecue great. grill no you don't you don't get those in taiwan uh especially yeah. in taipei in the city where we live the uh the apartments there are, are tiny because uh, real estate's at a premium so mm-hmm. even ovens that uh, that we're used to back in the states, they they just don't exist. And now you're telling me there was an American style grill. I hope yeah. you guys had some good barbecue. Well, you know how to make good use of that grill. So I brought some chicken from home. Great, you know, and um, and somebody else brought some sausages. So my husband and I were we were responsible for grilling everything for okay. everybody. I mean, we ordered food also, like food delivered to us. From, um, but that was all so so. But anyway, it was just really nice compared to so, fresh grilled barbecue. Yeah. Anything is gonna. Any Anything from outside is going to seem, there's going to be a disparity, is right. what I'm going to say. And this was a sunny weekend before we started having the downpours for right. the plums rain season. So that was very nice. Is it just me or is the rain very bad this year? Um, or do you th- has, that, has that always been the case? Um, well, I guess maybe this year is pretty bad. I mean, for you know, a few days in consecutively, it's been yeah. like real downpour. Yeah. I had to bring out my rain boots. I mean, I hadn't worn them in years yeah. because not it hasn't been pouring to the point where I need to wear them. But yes, I have, you know. So yeah, I guess it was pretty bad. Although it's, I guess it's better than going on like, you know, raining every day for like, 40 days in a row because mm. that's happened before I came back to Taiwan. And my mom told me that it was raining every day for 40 days straight. And I said I couldn't imagine what that was like. But I yeah. remember there was something like uh, when I first moved back to Taiwan maybe five, six years ago, there would always be like a three-week period where there would be no sun and it would oh, just yeah. be raining on and off, on and off. And then when the sun came out, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> I know. It's it's terrible when it rains but, because then your laundry you know, doesn't get dry, you yeah. know, hanging out outside. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's just how humid and damp it is in Taiwan. Now it just feels like it's saving up the rain from three mm. weeks and it's just letting it out in like two, three days. Well, I hope so. But apparently we did have some rain and then I actually spent one weekend over at the um, Shimen Reservoir. Okay. Now, wow, I know it's really, really weird out. that you can stay out of reservoirs, but they do make a recreational thing, mm-hmm. staying at reservoirs. I mean, not in the reservoir, but, you know, there are these hotels around the reservoir and then they have these paths and then these parks, ecological parks yeah. that you can go. I mean, it rained one day, but the next day, it was so sunny out and but the thing is that unfortunately I, I was a little worried because I thought oh my goodness it's been pouring are we gonna like you know have flooding you know where are we gonna stay And but no because the rain didn't actually drop on the places where it should drop like the reservoirs okay yeah, but but anyway, it was very nice weekend. Taiwan that, still struggles with its water supply a little bit. Yeah, yeah, especially the south this time. So they're thankful for the downpour. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. this is a great update, Shirley. It's good to know that you've been doing well, and uh, it's great to catch up once in a while, don't you think? Yes. Right, so Shirley, I think you have a very interesting story today, and it's from Nauru, which is one of Taiwan's few remaining allies. Yes. And uh, Taiwan likes to help out its friends, and mm. there's a lot of projects going on in Nauru, but you tell me this one's at a prison, mm. and it's not helping out in a way that I might think they might help out a prison. 
Yeah, we're talking about a Taiwanese technical mission to the, you know, to Nauru, mm-hmm. helping out this. Um, well, it says penal facility, but I'm sure it's it's a prison. It's a prison. Okay, it's a prison. Prison to improve its food reliance, uh, self reliance, and is teaching the inmates skills they can use after their release. So it's also a project with the goal of minimizing waste. It's got a lot of goals, anyway, and officially started in January actually with a poultry and pig farm to be completed in. August. Well, that's coming up. So this month, though, uh, I guess, yeah, June. This story was from June 1st. The team is going to start building capacity for planting crops and then raising livestock and making fertilizer and teaching cooking and adding that they're going to transfer the farm to the Nauruan government at the end of this year or early next year. I guess that's usually the case because, after all, it was initiated by the president um, of Nauru. And so last year, the president was, um, you know, asking Taiwan uh, you know, help with the prison, uh, seeking to achieve 80% food self-sufficiency right. because um, as of now, all of his food is imported, apparently. And so, um, well, the, the mission, you know, uh, the, 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 I mean, the team itself, they were a little concerned in the beginning because they're thinking, you know, wow, we're working, working with inmates, you know, what's mm. that going to be like? But, um, but it turned out to be all right because they actually, these inmates were selected based on their good behavior. And besides, there were guards always on site to monitor the situation. And uh, actually, the inmates all turned out to be very friendly and cordial because I think the team thinks that maybe because they knew that they were there to help them, yeah. you know. And so, anyway... Basically, first they start off by asking the inmates what crop they would like to grow. And one of them said, mango trees. That's very specific. Yes, but okay. you know what? The facts about mango trees is that it takes three to four years for a mango tree to bear fruit. And so the team was asking the inmate, do you really want to stay in prison for that long? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious as to what this, uh, what this inmate, how long his sentence is. Um, I don't know, but he made a face afterwards. He and made a everybody face. Everybody laughed, you know. So I guess, yeah, it probably is going to be difficult growing a mango tree, although it would be a great idea. They're so juicy and so sweet and yeah, so, so yummy. Great. Especially yeah. Taiwan. Taiwan, I'm sure he's uh, this inmate's done his... Research because Taiwan makes yeah. some very very good mangoes. I know he knows his his his, uh, his yeah he knows about Taiwan. And then um, but the thing is, one of the most difficult thing for the team was actually digging irrigation channels because the farm the you know the the farm that's going to be building is located on top of bedrock. But oh, but the thing tough. is though, yeah. the inmates are not complaining. I guess they're, they're looking forward to this farm no matter what. Mm. So despite the blisters and calluses on their hands, and also it, there's you know working under extreme heat because it gets it gets really hot in Nauru, and um, and it can really affect the growth of crops. But the thing is that the team uh, basically was able to find a solution by building shading nets to reduce the plant's exposure to rex, to uh, direct sunlight. Okay, and uh, the farm has already. Um, started supplying produce, including eggs and corn. So I guess they're also keeping some chicken, and um, and 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 actually, not only just for the prison itself and the inmates, they're also supplying these produce to local schools and a dialysis center. That's great. Yeah, wow. this is really awesome project. Anyway, the team members have focused on problem solving and looking for innovative ways to increase efficiency. And the team is about to teach the inmates how to prepare nutritious and balanced meals, including Taiwanese dishes. There we go. (laughs) So, and uh, after, well, that would be after more crops and vegetables are being harvested along with hogs and chickens. So, uh, 
Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting because Nauru is a tiny island. Tiny, it's, uh, tiny 21 island. square kilometers. Right. It's and very small. And you know what? I used to go to an international school in Tokyo. Oh, I thought you were going to say you went to school in Nauru. No, I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. But one of my classmates mm. was actually the daughter of the Nauru ambassador uh-huh. to Japan. And it's very interesting. She's, she's a great person. Yeah. But apparently, she made me realize that most of the people there are very... Um, they're R- very Rotund? S- ro- yes. Okay. Yeah, I just couldn't think of a word. <laughs> and they have like really thick necks. Yeah. And the thing is that um, this particular classmate, she loves to play tennis with us. Mm-hmm. But she would not run to the ball. <laughs> she waits for the ball to get to her. Oh, okay. But anyway, you know, we went to visit her, a, a few of us classmates, and um, she she was lives in this house, and she ha- they actually had their own tennis court. So wow. we had a great day there and just playing tennis with her and... Yeah, just having a great time with them. Good to know. So you see, it's just Taiwan does good all around. Not just that, but they can turn... I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm sure these prison inmates were just looking forward to getting yeah. out a little bit, walking around. Despite the heat. Despite needing three to despite four... Despite blisters. Three to four years to grow a mango tree. <laughs> but you know what? You can't have everything. All right, let's talk about... Food delivery. Now, you said you, when you guys went to, um, what was it, Yangming Mountain? Yeah. You guys had food delivery. Did you guys get it from a food delivery company or an app, or did someone, did the restaurant uh, deliver it you to you? You know what? It, it, the house actually um, pinned, like, two delivery food places, mm. um, uh, you know, on the wall, which I assume is, like, a nearby restaurant. Yes. Or some, you know, that's or a food delivery place, because you couldn't imagine, like, Food Panda delivering food from Taipei City mountain. up to the mountain yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to where we were. Yeah. So, what, what happened is, you know, there's been a spike, huge spike, all over the world for food delivery apps. Um and these platforms, and it, 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 it kind of makes it, it makes sense. It makes absolute absolute sense. People are holed up at home; they can't go out. They don't want to go out, so they're relying more and more on these food delivery platforms to deliver them food. Now, there are two major ones in Taiwan. One is Food Panda, and the other is Uber Eats. Um, and Food Panda has accumulated 564 consumer disputes since January, Uh-oh. all the way until uh, I think April. And they have, what happened is, you know, people, I mean, like, have you been ever been in customer service? Because when you're in customer service, you know, like, if some, if you catch a customer in a bad mood, they might complain about anything. Yeah. Um, but another thing is that Food Panda hasn't really even doing their, hasn't done their due diligence because they have not showed up at mediation sessions. Oh. Yeah. And um, have you ever had any trouble with food, food apps, delivery apps, or have you... I've never actually tried them because most of the time my husband and I actually went out to eat. That's actually, uh, (laughs) sidebar, that's actually a lot more helpful to the restaurants than, um, you know, ordering from the app because these apps take quite a bit of a commission. So you doing, uh, Mm. you're doing the, the, the restaurants a favor by going out and doing them. Um, 368 of the uh, disputes resulted from delivery drivers canceling orders after customers could not be reached. So what happens is maybe they show up to your house, they call you a few times, you don't pick up, and they cancel the order, and then you're out of... How could that be possible if they called for the order and they weren't home? Or maybe they... It's not that they weren't home, but like they just didn't get the right... uh, The person who ordered the food didn't pick up. Uh. 108 were related to the quality or quantity of food, which... 
<laughs> it shouldn't exactly be the delivery platform's uh, fault. Uh, yeah. But it is their platform, so they should be addressing these concerns. 41 were concerned with the service of delivery workers. So I guess the delivery workers didn't do their best. Maybe they weren't in the best mm. attitude or something. Yeah. Yeah. 11 were over the ingredients of orders. And I can understand that maybe if you're allergic to something. But then again, that's a, again is not the... The issue of the platform. No, it isn't. Yeah. Um, eight were over prices and 28 concerned other issues. And um, I don't know. It's Overpricing. Uh, I mean, you already read the menu and saw the price yeah, before you yeah. ordered. So, like, why would you order if you didn't... Right. If you didn't, you know, agree to that term beforehand. Right. If you wanted to do that, you know, you. I, I can't imagine that being much of a problem but wherever you are in the world um the I take- say, have more compassion for these people i mean they it's really tough job for it them to job. get the food on time you know usually they're rushing everywhere mm. and then on top of that they have to find the exact place and deliver it on time i mean it's really it's just a lot of work for them so i think we just need to be nice to them be nice to service people that is always a good rule to abide by So, like we said earlier, Taiwan kind of has a good handle on um, COVID-19 at the outbreak, at least. And we're very thankful for that. And one of the very the most important things about getting this outbreak under control, or the virus under control, I should say, is I've seen more and more news stories talking about the importance of testing. Now, mm-hmm. traditionally, you can only do testing if the government thought it was necessary or if health officials said it was necessary. But now... If you feel like you want to be extra, extra careful, you can actually go get uh, COVID-19 tests yourself. You can pay for yourself. And um, you can, like they say, people who travel abroad might want to get tested or many many countries require a negative test Mm -hmm. before they'll let you in. Mm -hmm. And this is open mostly to people who need to travel abroad for emergency reasons. Right. So it's like saying um, if you want to, get a job and you have to provide a a background check, right? If you wanted to go get, say, go out and handle business, you need to maybe provide this COVID-19 test and make sure that you're negative. Um, Self-paid testing was previously only available to Taiwanese making emergency visits to countries in Southeast Asia, Asia, China, or Macau. Um, But last Saturday, um, they offered self-paid testing because the Central Epidemic Command Center is saying, well, we have the, ca- the testing capacity now. Uh-huh. Um, it's been a number of days. Taiwan has had zero cases. It's, it, it, it's usually have like one or two here or there. Right. And um, I think less and less people are in quarantine. And uh, uh, what have you heard about COVID-19 testing, Shirley? Do, 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 have you heard anything? No. Um, so is this expensive? Uh, it doesn't say. Oh. Um, but Taiwan has universal health care, so I can't imagine. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. The it, peop- really? You mean it's covered under the National Health um, Insurance Program? I don't think so if it's oh. self-paid. But like, self-paid. I think prices in Taiwan are, are pretty can't good. Can't be too bad. It can't be too bad. Okay. People can only be tested uh, once every three months, and it's up to the hospitals to decide how much they want to charge you for COVID-19 testing. Oh, okay. So there's a, there's a bit of a factor that... Um, yeah, but... Have you had times where you got a sore throat and then you woke up with a runny nose and you're thinking, that, hmm, you know, I mean, I've doubted that, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm a little suspicious. Oh, yeah. And then I thought, well, what if I'm asymptomatic, you know, and 
And very well I, be the I've case. got my in-laws and my parents, like, they're all in their 80s, you know, and I want to be able to see them. I mean, because I haven't, like, seen them in person for mm. a couple of months. We've only been, like, you know, going visual on, on the phone or something. But, um, you know, now I'm starting to want to visit them, and I don't know if I'm asymptomatic. You know, maybe I want to take the test. I don't know if I want to spend the money for it, but anyway. Yeah, uh, it can't be. Like I said, I don't think it's too. You can shop around, right? You can go right. to hospitals and ask how much are you charging for that. Well, Let's, actually, I'm not, I'm fine now. I don't have a runny nose or anything like that. But I did, you know, and just kind of wonder. You get a little you know, nervous. Just a little, yeah, you, you just get a little, get a little nervous. nervous. Like, yeah. You're a lot more sensitive to when people cough around you. Right. <laughs> or when you cough. Like when I go exercise in the morning and mm-hmm. I like I cough when I'm running. Yeah. And I'm, I look around to see if anybody's looking at me like right. they're worried. But... For the most part in Taiwan, it's okay. So that's just got, a little bit. Hmm? I got suspicious, uh, you know, yeah, uh, people looking at me when I started coughing in the MRT, the subway system. That's the most sensitive place. Yeah. And oh, gosh, you know, you try to hold in the cough, it's so hard. Yeah. It, the, the itch in the back of your throat. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just makes what you want to go. Oh, uh, my goodness. Let's talk about Jinmen County, which is one of the uh, outlying islands in Taiwan. It's actually very, very close to China. Mm-hmm. Do you know? It's about less than 10 kilometers from China. Mm. And for that reason, they're actually quite a bit, uh, quite a ways away from the mainland Taiwan, Taiwan yeah, proper. Taiwan proper. Anyway, investors said last Friday that they're looking to raise 5 billion new Taiwan dollars, which is about 166.5 million U.S. dollars, to start an airline in Jinmen by October. Oh, and this comes on the heels of, I mean, this just seems like a strange time for me to really get into the travel business. Yeah. Um, so the former, the former heads of the Jinmen County said um, they confirmed the plan to make a donation to a local vocational high school at the baseball team. And they said, by the way, we're also looking for people to invest um, Jinmen Airlines. I'm thinking this might be more of an effort for a domestic airline. Maybe that's why they're willing to... Put some money in an air, but well, that makes sense. That does Domestic. make that makes yeah. a little more sense. But they also say they want to fly across the Taiwan Strait and explore the whole world. What? And Taiwan already has four domestic airlines. Oh no, 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 three, uh, three. Sorry, three. Uh, three. This would be probably the fourth. And from the sounds of it, they want to be the fourth major international airline. Which to me is that's a bold move. Yeah. Well, I mean, the timing is all right. I mean, it's, it's not going to start flying right away. It's no. going to take them some time to set it up and everything. But, right. Huh. Well, I mean, if it's for well, if it's for domestic reasons, I think I'll go for it because <laughs> I've never been to Jinmen. You never, you've never been. I don't been. think I have. I don't think I have. Neither have I. Okay. It's okay. So, You're in you good know. company. <laughs> and um, that's just, it's, 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 it's mind boggling to me. But again, they say a lot of people who live in Jinmen also live, have families who live in Southeast Asian countries. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're not talking about like a Jinmen oh. to the, to like Boston or something, which is halfway around the world. <laughs> maybe they're talking about like Jinmen, like Vietnam, Thailand, right. Indonesia. That well, might. That makes sense. That make a little more sense. Mm. But this the new news coming out of Taiwan, we had a new airline come out, which is Starlux Airlines. Yes. And then we also have our EVA Airlines, which has been here for quite a long time. And then you also have uh, China Airlines, which is the national carrier. So yeah. I don't know how many planes, how many planes <laughs> can Taiwan like, feasibly handle. We're a tiny handle. island in the world. <laughs> I have no idea. 
But uh, that's just the news coming out of Taiwan. It's been a great time talking on here in Taiwan again. But that's about all the time we have. Thank you so much uh, again for joining us. Up next, you're going to hear more of me during Hashtag Taiwan. And yeah, you're actually going to hear Shirley in Status Update. Anything new in Status Update, Shirley? Uh, no, just more letters and actually chat a little bit with John. Yes. Keep sending those letters in, you guys. Uh, RT, English at rti.org.tw. Or you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International or facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider. I am the one who will be receiving your messages on the Facebook platforms. But that's all the time we have and we've got to go. But stick around because we've got more shows for you. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. And this week, we're going to be talking about something that happened on Twitter. Now, Brazil and Taiwan joined forces on the internet last week to fight back against Chinese censorship. One of the more sensitive things that happened lately was the inauguration of President Tsai Ing-wen in Taiwan. She was sworn in for her second term, which is normal for any country. However, because China opposes Taiwanese independence or things that reinforce that idea, they tried to suppress mentions of that inauguration. Now, China is no stranger to asking outright for what it wants. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the country sent letters to governments requesting that they thank China for their assistance. Now, this happened in the American state of Wisconsin and in Germany as well. However, this all came to a boiling point when China overreached and sent letters to lawmakers in Brazil telling them not to congratulate Tsai on her inauguration. Now, if you've been paying attention to the show, you'll know that when you tell the internet to go left, it will bank right as hard as it possibly can. Stick around and listen to this internet tale straight out of Taiwan. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Brazil. I'm not talking about the Amazon rainforest. I'm not talking about Christ the Redeemer. I'm not even going to talk about Carnival. In fact, in order to tell this week's story, I need to bring one more country into the fray. Now, Mr. President, if you please... China. 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 On May 20th, Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen was inaugurated for her second term in office. You should know about this because last week I did a Taiwan Explained on the inauguration, and if you don't know it, then shame on you for not watching videos containing the fabulous me. Anyway, the Chinese Communist Party claims that Tsai Ing-wen is an illegitimate leader, mostly because her existence challenges the notion that Taiwan belongs to China, so any reference to her as president does not make China happy. Now, we've seen this before. China has cried foul when U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo congratulated Tsai on her inauguration. Usually, China's complaints come after the fact, but recently we've gotten an inside look at the lengths the country will go to to get what it wants. Now buckle up because this story is about to get juicy. 
You're looking at a letter that the Chinese embassy in Brazil sent to members of parliament. The document explicitly tells MPs not to congratulate Tsai on her inauguration. Now, on a scale of worked out perfectly fine to completely backfired, how well do you think this plan worked out for China? Netizens got together and lambasted China for their attempt to take over the narrative and control the flow of information. Going back to Brazil, telling MPs not to congratulate Tsai on her inauguration, well let's just say hashtag Viva Taiwan started exploding in popularity. It's trending in both Taiwan and Brazil with both countries showing more solidarity than ever. President Tsai even got involved. She tweeted, Thank you to all of our friends in hashtag Brazil for your kind congratulations. And I hope you are staying safe and healthy. Hashtag Viva Taiwan and Viva Brazil. What's even cooler is that there are two roads in Brazil called Rua Taiwan, which means Taiwan Street. John Chuang and Lu showed everyone where it was on a Google map he created with Yen Pin Su that marks all of the streets named after Taiwan in the world. In fact, you'll find streets named after Taiwan in all the continents except for Antarctica, of course, because as far as I know, I don't think there's any roads out there. That was Leslie Liao with this week's Hashtag Taiwan. Be sure to follow us on social media. Leave a comment below. We would love to hear from you. Status update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. We're going to be getting to your letters, uh, the letters you write us, and let us know what programs you listen to and what you think about them, you know, your good and bad. And you know, we always want to do better on our programs. But before we do all that, though, we're going to just uh, update our status a little bit here. All right. Yes. Um. You know, just a couple of weekends ago, I actually went to a reservoir. And um, mm. it is, it's, it's interesting. It's it ironic because it, it, we've been having downpours. Right. You know, like, like it's probably going to go for a month or something like that. We're in um, a rainy, wet season called the plum rains. The plum rain season, right. But I think before we should uh, say that it is, it's very strange to begin with because in most parts of the world, a reservoir is not a place you go to, <laughs> like for recreation. Right, that I've is true. I've never heard of a reservoir outside of Taiwan. Maybe our listeners can tell us if they've got one near them. But in Taiwan, reservoir, some reservoirs are places Recreational. where people go. They've got paths around them for like cycling and things and some of them you can go on them like on yeah. boats yeah 
I, you know, even I, as a local Taiwanese, I find it strange too. It is you like know? it's and like that's where our drinking water comes from. Is that a good idea? You know, exactly. That's how I felt too. But anyway, um, so you went and uh, I've did a, I've done a program about this particular reservoir, reservoir, Shimen Reservoir. It's one of the ones that I think people are find most, most popular familiar with. For, yeah, it's in Taoyuan. Yes, right? yes, and provides that city with its drinking water. Now, uh, you mentioned that it was it raining while you were there. Well, um, okay, first of all. Um, it was um, you know, our friends, and in fact, uh, they're my daughter's in-laws. Um, they just kind of just said, "Hey, yeah, on a Friday, um, you know, you guys want to go spend a night, you know, over at the reservoir at, a, of course, a B and B close to the reservoir. It's actually a hotel. Is there a place to stay near though? I don't know. Oh that. yes, there okay. are like you know hotels and B and Bs, I suppose. Okay. Anyway, and um, because they hadn't made a, re- made a reservation some time ago, but s- some friends they were going to go with some friends, and they canceled on him, uh, on them. And oh. so then they said, "Hey, you guys want to go instead?" So five of us went because we also have another friend who whose wife died, you know, a couple of years okay. ago, and we wanted to take him along. So, um, so anyway, it was like, okay, I was excited, but at the same time, I was thinking that like, it's been pouring, right. you know, for days, and we were hardly seeing the sun, you know, for days before that, and I was thinking like, okay, I'm just going to be prepared for rain and <laughs> you know, rain boots. Well, I didn't bring my rain rain boots, but you know, like umbrella and everything that is just going to be gloomy. Yeah. And I even asked, I said, "Are you sure we're going to have fun?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the rain and everything. I honestly, I was a little afraid, thinking that. Are we gonna, you know, uh, f- you know, we're gonna find flooding, we're you know, stuck, stuck or somewhere. <laughs> Mudslides. I, I honestly was prepared for that, you know. I was like scared. There were some weather warnings about, you know, if you, especially if you're in like mountainous areas, watch out for landslides and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind oh. of in one of those sorts of talking about landslides. I mean, we come across a, a section of the road, a mountain road, where there were some rocks. I mean, huge rocks that just fell on the road. It happened. So yeah, and yeah, we were going. Good, good thing with Mister. Yeah, but um. The thing was that, uh, you know, down south, uh, they've been having the drought. And so they're thankful for the rain. Right. I was just thinking the reservoir is going to overflow. Well, later on, I realized that from this friend, um, he said that um, uh, the rain that we've been having wasn't really falling in areas like, especially around the Shimin Reservoir. So the, the water level is just average. Huh. It didn't changed, you know, it didn't increase the water level That's in unusual. that particular reservoir because the rain wasn't falling in the places where it's supposed to, like the reservoir. Well, I know that it's like um, fed by like natural streams and things. So maybe the, the rainfall yeah. wasn't in the mountains where those are all sourced. I know. Because it is patchy. It's not mm-hmm. everywhere. Sometimes I know that um, I'll get a call from home saying it's pouring here, be careful. And I'm looking out the window and it's not raining here. I so uh, it, I can understand. So anyway, we stayed at actually um, a Fuhua Fan Dian, which is a chain of hotels oh, in all over Taiwan. Oh, I know those. And actually, it was a nice hotel. They are nice. You know? And they're that like was resorts. actually yeah. It was actually it had a swimming pool, but then it was closed because of the pandemic. So unfortunately, but um, anyway, the first day it was all cloudy and everything. We went. It was a sort of an ecological park or something like that. Yeah, and walked around, and there was a, you know, I think the Shimen Reservoir kind of like curves around. It's not one big round lake. Ecological Park, there was someone fishing, and right. actually the fish was huge, you yeah, know, if that was the reservoir. <laughs> that's one of the things that the reservoir is known for, I found yeah. out when I interviewed yes. someone about it, was uh, for its fish. They, they just, like, introduced some fish in there, and now they have all these restaurants with an endless variety of fish-based dishes. Exactly. Oh, 
that was one thing. If you go to the Shimen restaurant, you have to go for the. They say Huoyu Sanzi, which is live fish eaten three ways. It's fresh. It's live. It's fresh. Okay. All right. It's fresh. Right. Fresh fish. And then so you either have fish soup, and then maybe deep fried fish. You know. Uh, pieces, and then maybe another—I don't know—just、um, all different ways of eating the same fish. I can't remember what it was. It's been so long since I did that interview. But there is one type in particular that they have. That so it's like you gotta get creative because that's what you have. It can get—I'm、yeah. sure quite monotonous if that's all you eat. I, yeah. So we chose one that's actually a Hakka food restaurant. Okay. So we didn't just have fish, you know. So that's so quite salty. We had other stuff. Yeah. So we had、uh, other food. Hakka cuisine tends to be salty. Was that very、uh, like? Or, and and、uh, pickles are a big part of Hakka dishes too, like、uh, pickled、right. vegetables. Yeah, well, we didn't have that, but we have the Kejia Xiao Cao. Oh, it's my husband's favorite.、That's, it's got like strips of squid, squid and tofu, tofu and a, it's very and then, again very salty sauce then, that it's served in. Yeah, and then it comes with some pork shreds. Yeah,、right. well, that's not very so, fish based though. No. I mean, so that's that's the thing. That was just something else on the menu. We wanted to make sure that we have other food other than just fish on the table. Okay. So we went to a Hakka restaurant where we also had fish. Okay. Yeah. Well, that also makes sense because Taoyuan has one of Taiwan's largest concentrations of Hakka people. So. Right. Yeah, you're right. So anyway, yeah, you know when I think about it, a reservoir is you know where we get the drinking water, but there's fish in there. Yeah. And then you can they, ride on a boat in there, I and mean, they filter it and stuff. There's water still plants, but it's, it's just it's a, not the. Raw thought of it, water you know. that just comes out of the tap straight from the reservoir.、It's, I know, but just the thought of it, yeah, it's kind of weird. And well, you, you know, boats are riding, and you get boat rides on it. And it is a bit strange. I think that bit's a bit strange. They could leak oil and stuff. Exactly. It. Again, See? it's treated, right?、Um, Still, but that's know, not, amazing. I should we should say though that that's not where we get our drinking water from. So I guess yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> not not in Taipei. Where do we, we are? Which which reservoir do we um, get? Um, the Fuzhou Reservoir. Oh, it that's it. Is that closer? Yes, and I think near Ula. I think. Oh, all right. That one I've seen. That,、yeah. I've been to that one, but that's not a recreation. That's not one of the recreational ones. It's just、oh. you can see it from a road when you take a bus out there, and that well, that's is good to know. <laughs> that is,、um, it's like a type of like I think it's like face waves, like a blue jade of some kind. And yeah, that's, that's what it's called. That well describes the, the water, water color. color. It's actually very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people like fishing near it, but not directly、mm. in it. So、mm. I think our, our drinking water is probably a bit safer. I know. And you know,、oh. the other thing is, John. The other day you were writing a story, a news story about. Silting in the reservoir.、Oh, well,、yeah. we saw that on the reservoir, and I was wondering, what's that? And you know, I thought maybe it's a water pump or something. They said no. It's like they're silting the、yeah. water in the reservoir. What I've heard is that it's a particular problem in Taiwan that our our drinking water sources get silted up, especially after rains like these, because、yeah. the water all comes rushing down from mountains and streams, and they're very fast moving streams that tend to carry a lot of sediment with them. Right. That just tends to build up. I think in flatter areas or places where parts、settled. of the world where that where that's not such a big issue, they probably don't have quite that big of a problem. But it's、mm-hmm. actually a significant, like a fifth to a third of the capacity in some cases、mm. is like just filled up with sand and dirt and muck and stuff that's not very nice to have.、Yeah. They form sandbars down south after the, the most recent downpours. So, yeah, I know.、Um, anyway, so the first day was cloudy. Okay, the second day turned to be. Really, really sunny and hot, and I, I kind of got a little bit of a sunburn on my arms. Oh, that's yeah, gone away. Weekend, I know it's gone away. Well, I mean, on my shoulder and everything. But、um, we went right by the dam and、uh, mm-hmm. walked on top of it, and you know, so that, that was really nice. And there was actually a restaurant there. Well, we didn't eat there, but the、anyway. dam top restaurant. Dam top restaurant. <laughs> <yeah> . <laughs> that's fun. 
Actually, uh, there were some small restaurants there too. Like stands, we, or yes, um, no, um, little shops. Okay. And actually, we had dinner. Uh, no, sorry, lunch there at a it was more a Western style kind of restaurant. Was there still fish? No, no, we didn't. Oh, actually, I did have fish. Yep, there's always fish <laughs> there, apparently. But yeah, but anyway, it was like fish and chips that I had. Fish actually. with every meal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was so sunny the next day. We got some great pictures, but. Oh. But it was hot, and it was really nice. Well, so it all turned out to be just fine, it's despite you, the rain. Uh, yeah, it's good you got there, because, I mean, I think that the most recent big front is kind of done for the moment, but it's... Yeah, I'm looking, you think I'm looking, so? I'm looking at the forecast. It's like all afternoon thunder showers. Yeah, through, I know. We're just in that time of year when yeah. it's gotten hot all of a sudden. We're in the first few days of almost summer, and like it's this, not a very pleasant time. <laughs> I know. Like this morning coming in, it was sunny, right? But you but know only, that it's going to, in the afternoon, it's going to start pouring it's it's and sunny but it with their clouds thunder clouds rising you can see them in the really? distance and you oh know i wasn't that. watching but anyway yeah near where we were i'm like yeah it's uh, it's a it's trying to fake you out <laughs> it's, it's bring an umbrella i know one it's lesson like, i've learned in taiwan actually i learned this from uh my dad when he used to come on business trips here was in taiwan always carry an umbrella because it's yes, always gonna rain yes that is true that is true i do i do carry a fold up you know umbrella with me all the time even if it looks like it's, it's a little heavy i know well the thing here too is that you know women here do carry umbrellas keeping from the sun some people do yeah <laughs> yeah but i found whenever i forget to bring it with me or I leave it at the it office rains. or something, I always regret it. So <laughs> even if it doesn't, yeah, you just, it does just, it's going to rain. I know, really. We live in such a, we always end up talking about rain. That or yeah, food. Yeah, kind of. That and food. <laughs> but anyway, you know, according to my mom, you can literally go through four seasons in a day in Taipei. Well, to yeah. be honest, our range of seasons is not that great. <laughs> our idea of winter is a bit I think would definitely underwhelm people from more northerly climates. Yeah, but, and fall I doesn't know. really happen here either. Uh, it's it's a it's short. It it kind of comes and goes. But I see what you mean. Like it it is yeah. uh, it's possible to yeah. have, especially this time of year, very unstable. You know, for women here, the other thing besides bringing an umbrella with you all the time is a little jacket or, or at least a shawl or something like that because. It can the weather can just change in the afternoon. And then yeah. it'll get windy and a little bit, you know, a little, a little bit chilly. Yeah, I don't so, know. Um, anyway, but uh, we do tend to have this time of year some pretty unpleasant weather, so it's good you got some sunshine. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, okay. Well, I say it's time we get to the letters, and we always love to hear from you. So do write us letters and let us know which programs you listen to. Our address is and jot it down. It's PO Box one two three dash one nine nine Taipei Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti And of course, please be sure to check us out on YouTube and Facebook as well, and leave us a comment if you've got some time. We'd like to see what you have to say. Yes. Okay, so we have a, cu- a couple of letters here. The first one here is from Mr. Ashik Akbar Tokan of uh, Bangladesh. And it says here, Dear Artya and Paula, greetings from Bangladesh. It's really good news that town has no... Um, well, it says COVID-19 cases over the last 40 days. Well, actually, now it's been over that. But, I think um, they mean local cases. Yeah, right, local. There was one cases. not that long ago that was imported from someone who'd been abroad, a Taiwanese person coming back home. Yeah, but, right, um, that's right. They're always put into quarantine immediately anyway, so that's not as much of a risk. Right. And the letter goes on. It says, whereas we crossed 32,000 positive cases with 452 deaths. Wow. And, um, yeah. Um, Herewith, in the attached file, please find the reception report of Radio Taiwan International over the last eight days. Oh, well, thank you so much for doing that. So, uh, please acknowledge if 
you find it correct. Uh, Eid greetings to you all. Best regards. Ashik um, Akbal Tolkon of Bangladesh. Yeah, our Eid event at the main mosque here in Taipei was canceled, apparently. So Yeah, uh, mass gathering, right. Although there's one... Um, I'm not sure where in South Asia they're from. I have never asked. But there's one restaurant that serves South Asian cuisine near where I am. Yeah. And they had a, like an Eid... To break like the fast, tasting. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like a really nice event. I wanted to go, but it was like, because their place is very small, it was just first, whoever gets there first. So I was like, there's ah, no way I'm going to be able to get I in. No, with social distancing. Um, and I am actually got another letter here from Mr. Ashik at Balticone, so I'm just going to read that while I go, before we leave. Okay. Because <laughs> he sent a letter to Carlson that I thought was very nice as well. Um, and this is about the end of... Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes, our long-running music program here, featuring mostly traditional music. Um, This says, Dear RTI, Paula, and Carlson, Sorry for my late response on one of our favorite shows, Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes, that started 24 years ago in the year 1996. I still remember that memorable day of my life when I met with Mr. Carlson and Mr. Feng Zhong, who apparently was the RTI chairman at that time, on February 21st, 2006. We discussed a lot of RTI programs and listeners' attractions. I wish Mr. Carlson... I wish Mr. Mr. Carlson, uh, uh, congratulations on the 10th anniversary of his program, Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. How time flies. Uh, Mm. This traditional music show crossed its 24-year anniversary, and Carlson said goodbye. I am sorry again for this late feedback, but I have written a blog on the same date after listening to the last episode of the show at 11 p.m. Bangladesh time. Though it's in my native language, Bengali or Bangla, I would like to share it with you. And there's a link that's in the English translation of the title says, Goodbye, Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. Mm. Wish you all the best from Ashik Akbaltakon of Bangladesh. Well... Don't feel too bad. We've got a new show that's sort of... It's it's kind of similar-ish. Yeah. Um, there's less focus on traditional music, but more the sorts of songs that everyone some here knows. Classics, oldies. yeah. And there will be some traditional music, I think, from time to time on that show as well. It's called Just the Classics, and we hope you'll enjoy that show just as much. So thanks for writing that very nice letter. Yeah, great. Okay, now we move over to Indonesia. This is coming from Waluyo Ibn Dijman. He says, uh, this is a reception report that was tuned in from 10 to 11 Jakarta time at 15320 kilohertz. And which day was this? Oh, okay. I actually saw a couple of different days. Uh, uh, May 11th, a simple rating was four across the board. He listened to your program, John, called Curious John, interviewed about a ta- about Taiwanese baseball match amid pandemic COVID-19. And also my interview with uh, Darren Ye uh, on In the Spotlight uh, about studying at military school here in Taiwan. And then uh, the following day, well, actually, for all the three um, listenings, uh, it was all simple rating four across the board. And then um, on May 12th, Mr. Uh, this is news. Minister Joseph Wu spoke about his statement on Paraguay polling about uh, its relationship with, uh, with China. And then here in Taiwan, talking about matcha. Uh, green tea, that is, in Japanese. Uh, and then on May 13th, uh, he also listened to the news. Taiwan made a treatment for COVID-19 in Western medication and Chinese medication. Here in Taiwan, Taiwan girl seeking Indonesian nanny who cared for her 15 years ago and suddenly meet on video call. And then hashtag Taiwan 
about uh, the relationship between U.S., China, Taiwan, and the WHO, and status update where we read an email from Akira, uh, one of the listeners from Japan. So again, that was Waluyu Ibn Dijman of Bank of Indonesia. Well, thank you so much for all your letters, and keep them coming, though. We always love to hear from you. Our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw, and be sure to leave us a note on our Facebook and YouTube pages as well. Okay, until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.